All right, so it's no secret that I am a child of Joe Bob Briggs. It all started for me in the 90s with Monster Vision on TNT. I would drop fucking everything I was doing on Saturday nights and race my ass home to watch whatever crazy movies Joe Bob was hosting and listen for whatever crazy ass drive-in totals he had laid out for us to watch for. And I still do this today with Joe Bob's new show, The Last Drive-In. Honestly, the only real change is that now I'm older and the show moved to Friday nights instead. Friday nights, just like this one I'm talking about now, Friday the 13th. Now, Friday the 13th was always one of those movies, series, uh, just kind of known by the casuals and normies for being tits and blood flicks, which are both great. You get no complaints from me. Um, you know, those are just two of the major food groups in any horror fan's viewing diet, if you will. But there are still more to them than just naked teens getting slaughtered. I mean, shit, the Goonies didn't have anything more to offer than any Friday the 13th films. But it's still sitting at a 76% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, and it's practically the same movie as Friday the 13th Part 5 if you really sit down and think about it. Both movies came out in 1985, and both have an important plot point where the action starts right after an overweight male offers a candy bar to a much bigger, mentally unstable male. And they both feature Corey Feldman. Sure, Friday Part 5 only has him reprising his role from the previous film for approximately 10 minutes worth of, of footage. But that's because at the very same time, he was also shooting The Goonies, which he starred in. A very busy kid. Same exact movie, yet Friday the 13th Part 5 is the criminally underrated one sitting at a 19% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Sure, everything the Friday the 13th series has to offer is blood-soaked, but the series does have more to offer than The Goonies. It actually tries to teach us important life lessons. For example, numero uno, pay attention to the town crazy. Sure, it's easy to dismiss the guy in a dingy, dirty outfit as just some crazy old coot, regardless if he's riding around on a bike, lurking in the woods, hiding in your pantry, or popping up from out of nowhere telling you that you're doomed. Here's the thing. He just might be right. Remember in Shakespeare, it's always the fool who knows what's really going on. So if someone tries repeatedly to tell you and your friends that you are all going to die tonight, you might want to listen. Which leads us to numero two-o. Not all summer jobs are created equal. Alright, this is pretty straightforward. Never sign up for a summer job at a place the locals call Camp Blood. Do your research. While Enos was quick to call Annie and her friends just dumb kids with rocks in their heads, 
There was no internet in 1980, and Steve Christie, who wanted to just reopen the camp without incident, was just doing what many employers in a relatively desperate position would do. Hide the history of grisly murder to ensure an adequate employee candidate pool. It's exactly what Stuart Ullman did in The Shining. But, in Annie's case, when she mentioned Camp Crystal Lake and the place fell silent, that should have been the first red flag. Enos telling her about all the problems should have been a second red flag. The town crazy on the bike straight up telling her she was going to die? You guessed it, three red flags. Which brings us to numero three-o. Never go into the woods to escape. Which is exactly what Annie did, and it didn't work out. I mean, everybody needs to put their hometown in the rearview mirror from time to time. But if you're running away from problems, especially in a horror movie, they will find you, and they will find you with a vengeance. The woods are the killer's domain. It's their territory. In fact, you just made their job of slaughtering you even easier by running into the woods, where you're likely to trip over everything in your hurry and make a sound with every step and every breath as you breathe heavily and snap every branch and twig running around looking for a place to hide. The fact that Ginny made it out alive in the second Friday is a goddamn miracle. And on a related note, if you're lost in the woods running from a prowler with a sack over his head and a machete, that rundown shack is likely the killer's home. I wouldn't go in there if I were you. Chances are, he's got a pile of bodies in there. What would he do with those bodies? Leave them up for decoration? Keep them around for some relations? If you know what I mean, and I think that you do. I mean... I don't believe either option sounds terribly appealing. Perhaps those bodies are his only source of nutrition. Think about that one, which leads us to... Numero 4-0. Being a vegan might save some delicious animals from becoming your dinner, but it will not save you from becoming burger meat. Personally, in the original film, I kind of like the chick Brenda... She's a tall, cute chick and is just, you know, she's kind of smart, or at least sounds that way. She plays the shoe in Monopoly, including the strip variation, which was totally her idea. And she knows a hell of a lot about food science, the health benefits of vitamin C, how to combine foods to maximize protein absorption, and some shit about neutralizing the nitrates or some shit that she was saying earlier on the docks. She made it all sound good, whatever the hell that means. But, unfortunately, none of this saves her, despite having all the qualities of a great final girl. While Ned's earlier prank at the archery range kind of foreshadowed the arrows that would be her downfall, it's always a sad shame to see her go, because, well, she was a good one. It's literally the last time you see her, because the next time you quote, see her, she's actually Tom Savini barreling through that window. That strip monopoly must have been what made her the target to be killed. 
because she only encouraged the naked fun, but she didn't really partake in any aardvarkin that we saw. By the way, numero five is next. If you have sex, you will die. Horror movie rule number one, promiscuous equals dead. Google it, fuckers. Things changed a little bit in the 90s, but in the 1980s when this series was riding high, non-virgins were still punished under the fullest extents of the lawless. Even so, the original Friday the 13th is a little bit different if you think about it. Annie, Bill, um, Allie, Nettie, Brenda, Jack, Marcy, they're all just volunteers at a summer camp for inner city children. So in, in Victor Miller and Sean Cunningham's first film, not even the altruistic teens are spared. They would have most likely been the ones paying better attention to the kids than the counselors who allowed Jason to drown in the first place. Which brings us to... Numero 60. If you're not a good swimmer, don't go into the deep end. Mrs. Voorhees had flashbacks showing a young Jason struggling in what appears to be the dead center of Crystal Lake. How the fuck did this kid get that far if he can't swim? Of course, it's not clear that Jason's mother actually witnessed him drowning. If she didn't, the shot, maybe unintentionally, could be a powerful commentary on how the mind projects the worst-case scenario when the details of a tragedy are unknown. Which could set up numero 7 If you're not dead, at least do us the courtesy of letting someone know. Had Jason let folks know that he was alive, his poor mother would likely have never become a homicidal maniac with a bloodlust for horny, irresponsible teenagers. Conversely, how does a six-year-old survive on his own in the woods for, what, 23 years? Somehow he did, probably consuming woodland plants and animals to the ripe old age of like 34, the time Camp Crystal Lake was set to reopen. Or maybe Jason really did die and triggered by the presence of Steve Christie and crew, arose as a kind of supernatural being in the form of a very real and hard-to-kill man with very deep family ties who rose literally just in the nick of time to see his mother beheaded. But even still, you'd have to think he'd have, you know, maybe taken his revenge on Alice right then and there instead of waiting until the sequel. And that leads us to Numero 8 there's just no love like a mother's love. Jason's mother took revenge very seriously, and she did a damn good job of it. For years, killing any chance of that camp ever being able to reopen. But honestly, she may have killed more people and the, than the camp's chances of, you know? Something about that Crystal Lake water... And, and the corpses in it. Now, you know, hear me out. I'm going to kind of jumble this a little bit, but, but hear me out. So, Jason drowned in the 50s 
uh, 53, if I recall. When he pops up in 1980, he doesn't really look all that bad. Little moss-covered, but not, not terribly bad. You'd expect him to be a little bit messy. He'd been dead at the bottom of the lake for the better part of 30 years. Now, the night before he popped back up from the lake, his mother had lost her head. Jason managed to find her head and hold on to it for safekeeping for, what, five years? Which is the approximate length of time in between the first two films. With the third film taking place literally only one day after the events of Part 2. But by the end of Part 3, it's only been five years, roughly, that Pamela Voorhees has been dead. And miraculously, when she pops up out of the water, with her head intact somehow, she's rotted to hell. Way worse off in five years than Jason looked after nearly 30 years. So, by that, we know it's not the Voorhees gene pool. Fast forward to part 7 in the series. The film opens with a psychic girl killing her father by collapsing the dock around him and sending him to the bottom of Crystal Lake. The movie then jumps about 10 or so years, and the little 8-year-old girl has grown up to become a then 27-year-old teenager, Lar Park Lincoln. So her father comes back at the end to save her from Jason, and he has nothing wrong with him. Aside from being dead, he's just a little dirty, but he's been under the water for about a decade. I think there's more to that Crystal Lake water. If you want any chance of living forever, or at least coming back undead, you have to die in the lake. Crystal Lake is like a fountain of youth, just in the fact that if you die there, you won't age anymore but you can keep coming back as many times as the writers can come up with a story. And let's face it, it's Friday the 13th. These stories just write themselves. Get a hockey mask killer and a dozen naked teens, plus one virginal final girl, and you've got your story. Just remember the one rule. If the person was killed on land... They'll be super rotted to hell when they pop out of the lake. But if they died in the lake, they should just be a little dirty and wet, much like the people who enjoy these movies. Now, the, <laughs> the whole point of this rant is that I'm a child of Joe Bob Briggs. And I want you all to embrace watching these flicks in my backyard with me the same way I do. And since we plan on doing this Friday the 13th marathon in a semi-drive-in style, I feel almost blasphemous in neglecting to present a set of drive-in totals after this rant so that we can enjoy the official series the way it should be enjoyed. Sure, you've heard me talk about these movies before, but have you heard me do it in a Joe Bob Briggs last drive-in fashion? I think not. So let's get those drive-in totals up. For the entire series, we have 203 dead bodies, 2,200 gallons of blood estimated, five different killers, yes, 
Jason has the majority, but don't forget that Pamela, Roy, Victor, and Tommy all got some kills in there too. The latter of which actually killed Jason. And actually, you know what? You know, I'm going to backtrack on this because Freddy is in this too. So make that six killers. We have four sets of the same four seconds of Ari Lehman footage. And he has made a living off of that. We have 54 breaths, one pair of which is stupendous with perfect nipple placement. We have one butox pressed against the shower door. Extreme close-up of Betsy Palmer's teeth. Gratuitous eight additional chapters after the final chapter. Gratuitous walking on hands. Gratuitous sleeping bag slammed against a tree. Gratuitous lightning to reanimate the undead killer. Gratuitous Tom Savini. <laughs> Gratuitous Kane Hodder, who plays three roles in the series, most known as Jason, but has also briefly appeared as a security guard and also as Freddy. We have one straight from the liquid nitrogen to the countertop head smashing. Two baby blue sweaters before and after becoming bloodstained to a point that Calgon won't help any. Multiple scenes of Ardvarkin. One Necronomicon. One sleeping bag roasting over an open fire. One death curse. One spear to the wangdoodle. One killer disco theme. One male-on-male body shaving scene. Gratuitous One triple beheading with single machete. One cute goth chick doing the robot. Gratuitous dancing Crispin Glover. Gratuitous anatomy lesson with all organs labeled correctly. We have machete foo, pickaxe foo, spear gun foo, corkscrew foo, slingshot foo, broken bottle foo, pitchfork foo, Psychic hands-free TV hurling fruit. <laughs> Child psychology foo. Heads roll, eyes roll, backward down the stairs wheelchair roll, vintage porn on 35mm roll, drive-in Academy Award nominations go to Ron Milky for the lines Sit on it, Tonto, and Can it, Coaches? Lauren Marie Taylor for knowing to put on the brown panties before meeting Jason. Harry Menfordini for creating a sound we would hear more times in the films than actual dialogue. Miguel Nunez Jr. and Jerry Fields for their incredible duet of Oh Baby, Hey Baby, emanating from the grossest shitbox you've ever caught on camera. Jennifer Cook for uttering the lines, It's gonna be a hairy turn. Yep, that's how I like it, while sandwiching Tom Matthews' face in between her thighs. St <laughs> and Stephen Williams as Creighton Duke for the line, Jason Voorhees? That makes me think of a little girl in a pink dress sticking a hot dog through a donut. Four stars. Hope to see you all come over and check out the movies with me.